Welcome to Speak the Truth. And before we get into our next episode, I'd like to share with you the 2020 Call to Counsel National Conference brought to you by the Association of Biblical Counselors. The conference kicks off April 23rd through the 25th at Doxology Bible Church located in Fort Worth, Texas. This year's specialized tracks include Introduction to Biblical Counseling, Depression, Domestic Abuse, Addiction, Post-Traumatic Stress Disorder, Marriage, and Anxiety. Registration is open, so please register today at Call to Counsel Welcome to Speak the Truth, a podcast devoted to giving biblical truth for educating, equipping, and encouraging the individual and local church and counseling and discipleship. Hello, hello, hello. We are back. In studio. In studio. Oh, what was that? <laughs> Did you just come out of your shell? I need like a greeting like you have, the whole hello, hello. What's what's mine? What's up? There you go. No. Hashtag Shauna's out. No. All right. <laughs> what's Jeremy's? Oh, I don't have. Um, there it is. You did? Actually, actually what's you caught me We all need guard. a cool greeting. Actually, he doesn't have a verbal greeting. It's a. <laughs> yeah, we like the One laugh. more time. That's a good greeting. Here's his laugh. <laughs> I don't know why you like that so much. <laughs> it's still on my soundboard, so I have to do it because he didn't have anything, you know, no, verbally. No, so. that was a dud. I love that right. you love the little things. I do. I do. Hey, man, I captured that because that, like, that was one of those gut giggles, you know what I mean? Like where he was, he was literally, legitimately entertained. Mm-hmm. That's right. <laughs> so by the time you edit and launch this podcast, um, I'm just going to go ahead and reach out for prayer because we'll be very close to conference time. And obviously what's going on now with this, uh, what, how do you pronounce it? Coronavirus. Coronavirus. Um, yeah, like scary things shutting down and What's that going to look like? And I don't want it to affect attendance because I know how valuable the conference is and what people will learn. So, yeah. So people pray. Well, there is a lot of time between now and the time of the conference. I know. Um, so if, you know, people stop going out in public as much and take those necessary precautions without, you know, completely freaking out and just staying out of public a little bit more over the next month. I, I think, I think the way that we're approaching this is aggressive and quick and good. And so I think, I think it'll be all right. That's good. So, but, uh, so yeah, speaking of which, um, Last episode, we had finished up the ADHD part two. And in this episode, we wanted to capture more specifically um, moving along in uh, just the DSM little mini series that we've got here. We're going to unpacking diagnosis, unpacking diagnosis. Yes. Unpacking diagnosis. We are going to get into general personality disorder. Jeremy, you want to kind of give us just a quick little preface on what, what is this general personality disorder? So this is just a general description of how psychiatry views personality disorder. Um, And these are very interesting diagnoses because basically uh, the American Psychiatric Association has stated that if you behave in a certain way that might not be helpful in a social setting or that might create some stress in your life, that you have a disorder if it's extreme enough. So these are very interesting. They're, these are these are tough diagnoses. When you read uh, the literature, especially on something like borderline personality disorder, which I think we'll do a podcast on later, uh, the basic consensus 
consensus within the clinical world is that person is doomed to that personality disorder for the rest of their lives. It's mm-hmm. their personality. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's the same with pretty much all of these, uh, which feels like a very damning way to view a human being, especially when we recognize that human beings exist in, in a greater narrative where there is a personal God who has the power to transform any heart that exists. I mean, look at the Apostle Paul. Um, he might have been viewed through a, a psychiatry as a narcissistic personality disorder in his day, but just the radical change that the Holy Spirit brought forth in him mm-hmm. to be a persecutor of the church, someone who hated the message of the gospel to one of the greatest proponents of the gospel in all of scripture. So the scientific community comes at this pretty, pretty uh, hard lined when it comes to the process of change. We as biblical thinkers, biblical counselors, we're going to come with a bit of a different lens. Right. No, that's good. That is good. And so with the, uh, just the, the general sense of personality disorder, there are just uh, six, essentially six criteria that we wanted to capture from the DSM. And then uh, just consistently uh, what we've been doing over the previous episodes in this unpacking diagnosis is providing a biblical description for the personality disorder uh, criteria. So uh, Jeremy, just to stay uh, consistent, you want to hit these uh, these sure. personality disorders on the DSM-4-TR criteria. Yes. And I, I do want to remind people that we are reading from an older version of the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual. Even the way that they diagnose personality disorders in the DSM-5, there's a different methodology. Mm-hmm. And my plan in the next few months, I'm going to be spending some time kind of writing some new content for mm-hmm. ChristianCounseling.com on Yay. psychiatric diagnoses. And we'll probably update some of the things that we're yeah. reading from. Not really to mention good. some new stuff. Yeah, yeah we're going to definitely put great. some new stuff on there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, uh, sorry, just really quick. Um, just on that note, I was thinking about this the other day, just because uh, you had you had alluded to in passing when we were talking about it, that the DSM-5 had done something interesting. I don't know if you said more or less removed it or kind of went with a different methodology in the way they approached it, but uh, just having to do with uh, autism. In that yes. whole spectrum, yes. Uh, and there's, I mean, we we have we have autistic uh, kids in our church, you mm-hmm. know, and trying to find uh, people who specialize in being able to have those, you know, that that sort of care, you know, mm-hmm. in, in that. Um, so I think it would be, I think it would be really good to to have just a good overview um, of, of just autism and just that whole spectrum yes. and, and just the biblical explanation, mm-hmm. like how do we work it? Mm-hmm. Likewise, unpacking yeah. autism. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah. Anyway, I'd love to do that. Okay, cool. I guess we sort of just uh, made sure that I have it because it's on record now. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that would be helpful for the church. Yeah, we just too, recorded. I, that was not intentional, by the way. It literally just came <laughs> mm-hmm. to me. All right. That's Great. right. Get, I yeah. love it. Sounds like a setup. Quit giving Jeremy work. He's <laughs> yeah. got enough. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, all right, personality disorder. Yeah, so uh, just six descriptors of if, if, if you get a very specific personality disorder diagnosis like narcissistic, paranoid, uh, borderline, et cetera. Uh, it fits under these general, uh, the, these are just general descriptions of descriptions of what a personality disorder is. Number one, enduring a, an enduring pattern of inner experience or behavior that deviates markedly from the expectations of the individual's culture, including the areas of cognition, 
affectivity, interpersonal functioning, functioning, and impulsive control. And that, again, that's a very interesting category because it's very culturally driven. Uh, so what might be acceptable in one culture as a normal behavior in another culture is actually deemed a disorder. Mm-hmm. Um, if you read the, if you read that description as it's read and it's in the areas of, again, cognition, affectivity or emotions, interpersonal functioning, the way an individual relates to other people and impulse control. Number two, the pattern is enduring and inflexible as well as pervasive across a broad range of personal and social situations. So in other words, this is a personality uh, trait that has been around for a while. It's not just popped up out of the blue somewhere. And then it's it covers the person's basic th- their whole social life. Yeah. So they may, a person might exhibit certain traits of quote, a personality disorder with an individual, but not with everybody else that they know or the majority that they know. That's different than a personality disorder. Uh, personality disorder is if I have these kind of experiences with this friend, I'm having them also with friend B. Okay, so that's a distinction. Enduring pattern leads to clinically significant distress or impairment in social, occupational, or other important areas of functioning. Number four, the pattern is stable and a, a, of long duration, and its onset can be traced back to at, uh, to at least adolescence or early adulthood. Um, number five, the pattern is not accounted for by another mental disorder. And number six, the pattern is not due to direct physiological effects of substance abuse. Mm. And there is a, man, that's quite the spectrum, isn't it? It's a, it's a very broad spectrum. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So with that, you know, just in, in parallel form, we want to um, provide the biblical description. So this follows six. Um, so we've got five responses uh, as far as the biblical description. So the so-called personality disorders, like Jeremy had mentioned, the paranoid, narcissistic, um, more specific areas within that uh, personality disorder spectrum. They're simply descriptions of a long-term behavioral, emotional, interpersonal, and thought patterns that are developed by an individual over a period of time. Um, So it's like, okay, could somebody, you know, kind of snap into experiencing personality disorder and then something changes, like, let's say, you know, kind of going back to our last, what we were talking about last episode, just, you know, with ADHD, but kind of going back to just the, uh, just the natural health benefits of a good diet and sleep, for example. Like if I, if I wasn't getting good sleep and all of a sudden that's going to, that's going to have a huge impact on my personality. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes. So, I mean, just things like that, like that could me not getting good sleep all of a sudden, if I'm, I'm feeling weird and awkward and I go get checked out I'm like, well, yeah, you got, Personality disorder, general personality disorder. Mm. Mm. What do I do about that? Yeah. You know, and then whatever the. But is that considered a personality disorder or more like a manic episode? So that would be the that's, distinction. Yeah, that, yeah. That, that's a good question. Yeah, that's, okay. that'd be the distinction. If, if a person suddenly starts acting uh, extremely um, volatile or very high risk taker out of nowhere, this, you know, that this hasn't who they have been for the last 30 years and suddenly they have, um, that might be something more associated with a manic episode versus what they're saying here. This has to be present at least from a late, uh, early adulthood, possibly even in adolescence where you would have seen these patterns developing. Yeah. Okay. I think okay. it's more of a pattern. Yeah. yeah. Okay. No, so it says good. mental Just... disorder in which you have a rigid and unhealthy pattern of thinking, functioning, and behaving. So a person with a person with a personality disorder has trouble perceiving and relating to situations and people. So I think the pattern part is a good, a good key, right. To help the our counselors. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's just, you know, I mean, cause 
you know, in some of this just kind of being vague, it's like, how do you interpret that? You know, period of time is it? And let me say this. We're not doing these podcasts so that you can diagnose someone with a personality disorder. Yeah. What we're trying to do is if someone comes to you and you see on their paperwork or through your conversation, if you don't do paperwork, that they've been diagnosed with a personality disorder, we're just letting you know, here's how psychiatry defines that as a Christian. Here's how we might look at it. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, it's good. We should, we should never like, ah, sounds like you got personality disorder. (laughs) You should, you should clarify that in each of these posts. Yeah. To make sure I think, that we remind everybody. And I think if we were if we were to use a biblical standard of personality disorder, that would be a universal disorder. Right. All yeah. of us have that. That's it's true. called sin. That's correct. <laughs> yeah. Everybody has personality issues that are contrary to the character of Christ. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, no, that, that that's good. Um, Don't act cray cray, Michael, and then just say, "Oh, but babe, I have a personality disorder." <laughs> no. That's a good excuse for when I, my desire is A and I don't get A, so I respond exactly. by yeah, yeah, yeah no, that's, yeah, not anymore. Um, yeah, all right, so, that's good. All right, number two, the the Bible is clearly it, it. The Bible really articulates the influence of depravity and sin on a person's behavior, thinking, and feeling. So again, therefore, the influence of law and sin must be a focal point for individuals citing these labels. And so again, to Jeremy's point, and if people, uh, excuse me, if a person's coming in and, and, and they're talking out of this label that they've been given, which that typically happens, right? They, they, they communicate from that label. Mm-hmm. It's imperative for us, the counselors, and really just for, you know, for the body in general, just to have a a general understanding of this, to just realize when you hear that to all of a sudden with your biblical worldview, you're able to hear that and actually provide some sound biblical counseling and encouragement with that person. That's really the aim. Mm -hmm. That's really the aim. And um, just uh, just for scripture references on that last one that I just cited, Ephesians 2, 3 um, is is a good one. Actually, the entire book of Ephesians for that matter. Uh, And then number three, following the flesh always leads to further corruption, death, and darkness. I mean, that is a general theme in scripture. It's all throughout, um, all throughout Paul's epistles. I got, uh, I got Romans 8, 5 here up. That's good. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the spirit set their minds on the things of the spirit. And read the next part. For to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God, for it does not submit to God's law. law. Indeed, it cannot. And those who are in the flesh cannot please God. And that that specifically, we want to we want to make sure in context. That's really talking about a non-believer mm-hmm. who's dominated by the law of sin or the flesh. Yep. Mm-hmm. But as Christians, that has been crushed, but it still influences us. And if we give it, yeah. if we give it space in our life, it it becomes a habit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then in verse the, 11, if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Yeah, that is helpful because we, we do um, oftentimes like we hear that, but we don't have a category for it. Right. Like we don't know how to it's like we don't have a biblical awareness when we're operating outside of that, mm-hmm. you know, and, and so that that's why that's important. That, that that's there's so much Jeremy. hope in that, though, knowing that you know you're we're not stuck in any type of way. Like literally, the Holy Spirit is living within us. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. Yeah, and actually, that actually kind of those verses and what we're talking about leads me to a, another that I think that just kind of really demonstrates that progression of of what sin does. And many of us may be familiar with this, but I think it I think it. 
I think it's helpful to, to kind of revisit it. Blessed is the, uh, James 1, starting in verse 12, blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial, for when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted with evil, and he himself tempts no one. But each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. Then desire, when it has conceived, gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. And that is the progression of all sin. Sin is the means of death. Yes. Uh, it's always at work. Um, to Jeremy's point, uh, because of Christ, it has no reign over us. Uh, and I think oftentimes as believers, we fail to realize that because we still see the work of it. We think that somehow it still has dominion over us and yes. it doesn't. So it's just, it, it's, it's a good category to think about yeah. just to kind of help us stay in context. That's good. Awesome. Yeah, it's good. Okay, so the next one really um, cited from um, this is Jay Adams. Yeah, it's it's, it's Jay Adams, um, mm-hmm. the uh, the Godfather of biblical counseling. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jay Adams. Uh, for those of you who may not be familiar with Jay Adams, he's got uh, I, I think he's got over fifty books or over a hundred books. Mm-hmm. But um, his kind of his counseling. Um, power pack is competent to counsel, counsel yeah. um, and yeah, theology of Christian counseling that I have right? to read again, actually this year. Yeah. Is it theology of Christian counseling? Mm-hmm. I forgot. Yeah. It's excellent. Yeah. Um, so there's just, um, there's, there's a whole work by him. Um, and it was written in the seventies and it's even more prevalent today than it You're was in read the seventies. Uh, that's one of my book assignments again this year. I'm going to read it. Yeah. You're going to read it with me? Yeah, we can read it before we go to bed. Oh, oh really? Yeah. Because <laughs> that's a good nighttime story. It is. <laughs> it is. It's a good heart check. Oh, okay. You know? Well, there you go. Yeah. Confession and repentance. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no. Um, but not really. It would be a good read before we go to bed. Anyway. All right. Second Peter 2.14 uh, discusses the uh, the idea of uh, habituation. Mm-hmm. I got a little tongue twisted. You know, in my, I wouldn't have been able to. Habituation in which <laughs> sinful patterns spawn and reinforce sinful patterns. And that's found uh, in Adam's book, um, which he, again, he's, he's, he's kind of putting that in his own terms, but he's really citing second Peter two fourteen. And, and, let, and that, let me just say, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So habituation is a, it's a very old theological idea. It goes back to the church fathers, guys like Aquinas and Augustine, uh, who believed that habit was a very important part of the spiritual life. Uh, modern day writers on that, probably one of the most, uh, well-known is James K.A. Smith in his book, You Are What You Love, so that he says, basically, your habits, your life is a liturgy. Liturgy is habits, and they expose our hearts. So I want I want to make sure to bring this into the conversation because the 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 third generation of biblical counseling, uh, David Powelson, Paul Tripp, Ed Welch, that whole generation brought us this amazing idea of the active heart of worship. And so a lot of biblical counseling literature it, mm-hmm. it, that's more recent is looking at cognition or thoughts. It's looking at affection, which we read in the psychiatric description. Um, so it's we, we do a lot of work on looking at belief systems, thinking what we want, what we desire, what we covet, the, the affections of the heart. But we don't want to forget Jay Adams' foundational teaching that it's actually often in the realm of habit that the heart changes. A very simple example is... I can sit with my counselee and we can talk about the idols of the heart that create a fear of, of an elevator. 
and we can talk about the belief systems that are really deceptive from their heart that make them afraid of elevators. And we can do that for days, weeks, months, years, but until they create a habit of stepping on an elevator and exercising truth, they're not going to get over that fear. So habituation can go either way. If I give over to sinful patterns, then it tends to increase sinful patterns. Just look at the struggle with pornography. It goes the opposite direction too. When we begin to act in ways that the Bible calls us to, habitually, it also impacts the human heart. No, it's good. And another way that's synonymous with that is the put on, put off. That's exactly right. Mm -hmm. Right. Totally. Mm -hmm. Sowing, uh, you know, what you sow to, putting on, putting off, those kind of commands. Because you can't remove something and then not replace it with something. That's that active worship that you're talking about, right? Because the heart is always worshiping. Yes. Mm -hmm. Always, always. It's always worshiping something. Um, There's never a neutral moment in the heart. That's right. Ever. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, that's... That was a good plug, Jeremy. Like, Appreciate that. Like, like you just liked it when when Jeremy said you're right. Did that feel good? <laughs> <laughs> the truth testifies to that, but I do appreciate when my brother gives me an amen. Yes. Uh, yeah. No, it was good. High five, big Mike. <laughs> See, I know you get back at me. No. Yeah. 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 Anyway. Um, so yeah, that, that's, uh, that's good on that one. And then I liked it when Paul Tripp said I was right. And that podcast a long time ago. I remember that. He, he actually said partially right. No, 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 <laughs> yeah, he no. He, he was, he he's a hundred percent full right. And then, and then when he saw that you actually enjoyed that too much, he said, okay, partially, partially right. right. Yeah, yeah, he did. He did, he did take it back, man. Yeah. Uh, and then lastly, um, just, you know, Jeremy had, you know, alluded to Paulus in third generation. I guess that makes us fourth generation, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. We fourth generation yeah, counselors. I think so. Yeah. I don't know if our names will ever be where theirs no, are, but yeah. Probably but not. It's good. It's good to You start. know what? But we're in this fourth. It's I'll take that seed. I'll be a farmer with that seed all day. Give yeah, me a few yeah, fields yeah. to plant it and I'll yeah, get at work. I'll, I'll go to work. Let's do it. Um, so anyway, Paulison, um, in 96, 1996, he highlights the fact that people don't have disorders. They do what they so-called diagnose the left describes. So mm-hmm. in other words, kind of what we've been talking about with the DSM, um, they're not those things, right? Yeah. They do what the diagnosis is saying. Right. Mm-hmm. Like which mm-hmm. that's obvious. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What, what that statement does, it really brings, it really brings the person back into what's going on. We're not just looking at them as machines that cannot change over time. We're looking at them as creations in the image of God. And that passage that uh, Shauna read, the Holy Spirit bringing life to our mortal bodies, it's just very powerful mm-hmm. because it, we, that's when we have new affections. That's when we have eyes to see and ears to hear. And um, so we're definitely coming uh, of any diagnosis in the DSM, probably the personality disorders, we as believers and biblical thinkers are going to be coming at humans very differently on these particular disorders than mm-hmm. we would from than a psychiatric approach would, would conceptualize them. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah. So the Holy Spirit, to put it another way, vivifies that. Mm. Right. It, it, it enlivens or animates those things that we can't produce in and of ourselves. Yes. Yeah, that's good. That's good. All right. So this was just really just a, just a quick a general uh, introduction to uh, personality disorders. So we're actually going to uh, next episode, we're going to get into paranoid personality disorder and get into the subcategory there. And then we will have another uh, one following. Jeremy, did you have a a thought? Oh, okay. No. Okay. But yeah, we, we did get somebody writing in asking about borderline personality disorder. So we will be, um, we will be definitely answering that. Uh, that'll probably be on the next uh, three or four weeks. So uh, following this one. So thank you for listening. Bye, we'll catch everyone. you next time.